and I loved like busting Tommy's chops and he didn't even realize that he was living in a communist society. <laughs> Like the commune and the fact yeah, that like, society, like he kind of, uh, and as a soldier, he's like, wait, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the What's Up Ready podcast. Where we fashion ourselves television judge and jury. My name is JJ Croner. I'm here with my co host, Matson Heiner. Better read the dead. We appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead, hit that follow, like, subscribe, bell notification button, tell a friend about us, uh, tell your mom about us. You know, anybody you can think of, we'll take it. Uh, we appreciate your help growing the podcast. Um, as my equipment falls down here, so don't mind me. Um, yeah, we're here live. We're going to talk about The Last of Us, season one, episode six. Um, I don't know, maybe it's because I was traveling, Madison, but it feels like it's been ages since i watched hmm. the show like well because the last what oh, yeah, the last on one came out on too, friday huh? so yeah. it has been a hot minute for yeah. how much you probably watched it and you're like oh man i gotta wait two more days well yeah and i was like i was in the hotel and i was working most of the time so it's not like i had like because a lot of times i'll put it on in the background too and kind of watch but yeah i couldn't do that this time because i was in a hotel so i didn't have like streaming and i refused to watch it on my little baby laptop screen so I didn't get to watch it again until I got home a couple days ago. So poor, poor baby JJ. Yeah, dude, my my routine was thrown off completely by being in Texas, but I am glad to be back in my own office studio, sitting in a hotel room recording. That was not the most pleasant experience. Challenging. Yeah. So let's talk episode six. Uh, I mean, I got go ahead. I got questions off the bat. I always usually ask this every time we do this. Help me understand what was true to form and what was a deviation. Obviously, I know the emotional scene between Joel and Ellie about like really figuring out is Joel going to stick around with Ellie or not. That, from what I remember, seemed to be pretty much word for word, probably like shot for shot almost. But I'm just curious about what was true to form versus what was a deviation because I just don't remember as well as you do, and I'm I'm mm-hmm. curious to hear that. Yeah, there was a lot that was the same for the core scenes, right? So like what you're talking about that that big scene that happens between Joel and Ellie where they're having that moment of she's, he's trying to set her off with Tommy. He's trying to, she's trying to keep him around. So that scene was directly on. Now the early scene with this uh, couple out in the middle of nowhere. Hey, Gray. Uh, Welcome. Welcome. We appreciate you being here as always. Uh, That scene was new. So that doesn't exist in the game, when you're playing the game, you jump right from uh, the whole coming out of the the underground tunnels, and then you're with Henry and and Sam, and then you go right to just outside of Jackson, and you're making your way up. You got to get through this like dam area, um, but uh, that part was new, and I liked it. Oh, Fan Masters here, what's up, man? So yeah. That was different, um, but I again for the show, I think it made sense. There was a lot of just weird conversation between Joel and Ellie in those moments in the game, so I think it was it was really good to see that combo. And I and I agree with Gray. It actually added some really strange comic relief. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was great to see those two together. I, you know, I thought there was some really funny parts how they were just kind of giggling at Joel the whole time, and you know, and I, and again, it was a very poignant 
juxtaposition between Ellie, who is just she's okay as long as Joel's there. It laid the groundwork for later scenes where, you know, you're not going to scare us, but Joel's pissing himself because he has a better understanding of the world and what's out there and and the fact that he's got some issues going on that we find out. So that's a big difference, too, in the game is Joel's kind of Joel throughout the game, with the exception of you can kind of see him uh, transforming in the game to where he and Ellie get along and he has that, but you don't see this internal struggle of like the panic attacks that you see in this episode, like that doesn't happen in the game. And so I like that, you know, there's some PTSD stuff going on where he's starting to open up to the fact that, you know, he's, he, he really feels for this girl and he's, he's attached and that fear of failure because you know, it's just brutalizing him. So I really like that theme throughout this episode with Joel because you don't get that in the game. Um, Fan Master, I'm going to hold off on that one. We'll talk about that in a second because um, it's possible, but we don't know for sure. Um, the other piece that uh, was a little different. Oh, yeah. See, it's great. Always with the insights. They mirrored the the life that Frank, you know, Bill, too, little rays of hope uh, that there's something worth saving for sure. Like, Joel's been this most pessimistic, doesn't care about anyone for the most part, except Tommy. And even to that point, like he only cared about Tommy to the point that when he was afraid that he might not hear from Tommy again, that he goes out looking for him. So, um, but other than that, like, and then the other piece that was a big difference is we get to go into Jackson and you see Jackson proper. Um, that doesn't happen in the game, not in the mm-hmm. first one. In In the first one, you spend the time at the, they talked about the dam and the power grid and how they used it to get it back up and running. You spend 90% of your, well, 95% of your time in Jackson in this section of the game at that dam. That's what I remember. Okay. Cause yeah. I remember it was like the dam looked familiar, but we haven't, they didn't really focus on that yet. Yeah. And there's a point where in that you're in the dam and the gameplay piece comes up, you're having some conversations with Tommy and Maria and, and then you're with Tommy in this like, raider group comes in and tries to take over the dam and you have to fight them off so there's that gameplay so it all mostly takes place within that dam Mm -hmm. um and then that's what triggers the scene so the big difference between the scene and this and the scene in the game is once ellie realizes that he's trying that joel's trying to pawn her off to tommy and let tommy and his group uh take over he she steals a horse and leaves and Joel and Tommy grab horses and go after, and they find her in this big mansion house, and she's sitting on a window seat just like that, reading a journal from that house, the people in that house. And then from there, that conversation is pretty much word for word from the game. Um, And then from there, you have some additional things with Maria and Ellie. The whole haircut scene isn't in the game. So there's some additional things, but I, I, I like for me, the, the Wyoming piece, the Jackson piece in the game is more of filler and like kind of a story with a little bit of leveling to show the transition that Joel's going through. Right. Because he does at the end say when they go get her, Tommy's getting ready to take her and Joel's like, no, no, hop on kid, you know, let's go. And then they go from there. So very different. Uh, fan master Alec is, uh, he had a work trip, so he's in the midst of working and doing some things. So he will not be with us today or tomorrow, but, 
if only hello (laughs) we didn't have other lives and couldn't just watch things full time be great i I wish i wish this was my full-time job sometimes i wish that other times i'm glad it's a hobby so yeah those are the major differences between this episode and the game um and how do you how do you feel about that i'll give my my sense of it i mean for me Every episode I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed. I know the last one, some of the additions you weren't so much a, a fan of, but I enjoyed the filler. I mean, I found myself the kind of the montage of their relationship there towards the end with that, the bullet through the asshole and <laughs> jokes on the horse and teaching her and then and the, making jokes and like actually like conversing and learning about football. Like what's the first down? What's the turnover? All that. And yeah. just... I thought that payoff was really well delivered and very believable because they do that well in the game, but a lot of you get endeared to it a lot more through combat, through just the mechanics of the game and some things, but it's, you have to present that differently in a TV show. It just, it's not going to be graded in that way. And so I, I think an episode like this was necessary to show that transition, that inner struggle, as you talked about, and I quite liked it. Um, mm-hmm. And I do like that they stay true to, uh, the scene in the bedroom where they have that kind of emotional fight. And um, I think that was important to not get away from that. Cause that's a iconic moment in the game. At least that's, is a, one of the scenes I do remember for sure. Yeah, I agree completely. I actually, the additions and everything that was different in this episode versus the game, I think made a lot of sense, especially for TV. Um, again, it goes back to taking out the combat pieces that just aren't necessary um, and adding in the thing that they added with Joel's struggle, like I said, to me, that's this was the first time in the throughout the series of the game and in in that you actually get to see an in-depth look at what Joel's going through um, in this moment. Right. Like mostly in the game, you just look at Joel. He's kind of a dick um, and you can tell why. Like he's very justified in being a dick and doesn't want to get too close to this girl. But. That scene, and that's what makes that scene so epic in the game, is that it's the catalyst, right? It's what shows in the game that Joel and Ellie need each other. They have this connection, and without each other, they're not going to be as successful. So, I mean, that's, yeah. The problem, the, so I love that aspect of showing Joel. I think that's immensely smart to bring that in because we haven't had that before. So I I really liked everything. And to your point, like that football conversation, that's word for word out of the game. So when they're riding into the University of of uh, Colorado or not Colorado, whatever it is, the University of Denver, or East Colorado University, mm-hmm. the Buffaloes, that's uh, or whatever it is, they that that dialogue happens at a different time. Like they're not just randomly talking about it. They pull in and the mascot conversation comes up and then they talk about football and she's like, well, what the hell's football? And so then <laughs> he goes into it and then you see him a few minutes later and they're like, Oh, that sounds weird. So, um, and I do like gray brought up a great point. I like the way Joel put the choice to her this time. So that is a little different in the game. They save her, uh, though they find her and then they all fight to get out of the house. And then they're at the moment and Joel just kind of says, get on the horse. We're going, this time I liked – I'm with Gray. I liked that you show him sitting there, and he was getting ready to leave, and then he said, "I, you know, you deserve a choice. And then she's like, get on the damn horse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or hold my shit, whatever it was. So I did like that little subtle difference as well. It wasn't just a, you know, she's here to be told where she's going, when, and how. Mm-hmm. You know, she gets to choose who's taking her. And he laid out the fact that he thought that she would be safer with Tommy. But 
And I liked, I think my favorite moment of this episode, besides the recreation of that epic scene, because it is so good in the game, was the moment between Joel and Tommy where he starts talking about his age. I can't hear anything. I have a hard time holding things up. Like I've almost, you know, she saved me from a kid that I would have just destroyed prior to now. So like showing that whole recognition of his failures and his ability, his inability to be the same brutal dude that he was before was really interesting to me because you don't get that moment in the game either. Joel's just kind of this Billy badass that up until a certain point takes everybody out. So, and I'm with Gray. I'm like that they're showing that pathos, that different side of of how that whole thing is. And then <laughs> she likes her teasing him about the sheep. And that was also a little bit mm. of a there's some foreshadowing there too that I don't wanna I don't wanna spoil for probably season two, but that has some some game two uh implications as well down the road. Um, so I thought that was a very clever piece. And then just one thing here. So there is some other implications that could have happened. Fanmaster brought up Dina made a cameo appearance. I looked at her and saw her, the girl when they first get there. And there's the girl that Ellie kind of goes off on that kind of like is wearing like a sweater vest and then shimmies off and kind of. Yeah, I didn't understand what that was about. So in, in game two, there's a character named Dina that is a very, very big part of the game. I don't want to go into too much of it because, again, I try to avoid spoilers, but that she has a similar aesthetic look to Dina and the age would have been correct. So the, the prevailing theory is that was a, a Dina cameo. Um, and it would make sense because Dina would have been there. Um, so it's possibility. So that was just, there was a couple of little subtle hints to the second game mm-hmm. and possibly season two that, that came through there. So, yeah. I, I mean, overall, I think it was, Again, in continuing with the majority of the show, it was a wild success of an episode. Um, I really liked that we got to see inside of of Jackson um, and see how it's structured. And even in the game, they don't – even in the second game, when you spend some time at the beginning of the game in Jackson, they don't talk about – and I loved, like, busting Tommy's chops and he didn't even realize that he was living in a communist society. <laughs> Like the commune and the fact that yeah, like, society, like he kind of, uh, and as a soldier, he's like, wait, what? <laughs> so, yeah, that's great. So that's a good point. Big difference. That's another great point. Out. I'm glad they didn't try to drop a 57 year old man down three flights, uh, impale himself, and expect him to realistically survive. Yeah, and then because in the game, that's what happens. They're in this hospital or this university lab fighting. And he's fighting a guy and he gets knocked off and lands on a piece of rebar that looks like it goes all the way through his kidney um, and then pulls himself off. And it, it is quite a it's at least two flights. But I think Gray's right. I think it's three flights of building. You're up on the third floor when he falls and gets up and hobbles to the horse. And then the other thing that they did do, though, that in the game, I'm like, man, because look, Ellie's not a very big child at 14. Mm-hmm. She's small. She's petite. And Joel is a big dude. And as we'll find out later, she has to now he's laying on the ground and spoiler alert. I mean, I hope nobody thought that he wasn't going to survive this whole thing, but she does have to get him to move. And that's a big dude for, I mean, look, adrenaline's a great thing and survivability is what you need, but I've always wondered how the hell 
did she move him with a kidney uh, rebar just recently through his kidney and bleeding out? So, and the baseball bat, even as deep as that was, I don't think it's going to do nearly as much damage as what the game rebar would do. So it's a very good change from a realistic. Well, yeah, standpoint. you know, you know, I'm all about realism. So sometimes video games, you're just like, it's funny that they did that even in the game. You're like, why would you have made that decision? Like, just make it a little bit more believable. The dude's probably going to die. Yeah. <laughs> in that scene in the game, we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, no, I was just trying to make it a little bit more uh, intense. Yeah. And that's all it was is it's, the way that it happens is kind of shocking because you're like, oh, he's going to fall. That's going to hurt. And then he lands and you're like, oh, that's a big old piece of Damn. rebar. Yeah, there you go, Gray. A little cauterization goes a long way. Mm. It, 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 I mean, if you can cauterize the dude's kidney, I think you'll be all right. But you got to get in there. So and who knows what else it went through, because if he's got a perforated bowel or anything like that, you're done for done for. So but uh yeah, we'll see how they play out the next episode as far as that goes. But it looks like from the preview that next week may have less to do with Joel and Ellie and more to do with the background of Ellie. And, and uh, yeah, I was going to ask, is that that the DLC that they had yeah. later that, that I haven't played yet? Yep, that is that is what you're heading into. So, uh Yeah. It should be interesting to see how that plays out. It's an interesting story. It's a great DLC, short little thing, but enough information that it gives you some great background on, on, uh, on Ellie. And yeah, I'm excited to see it. So that's what that looks like is some background there. <laughs> yeah. Great. Robitussin, give him some tussin. He'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Chris rock reference there. It's good stuff. Um, yeah, I was trying to think if there was anything that I didn't like. I even loved how, like, even the clothing down to what they were wearing. So, like, Ellie has that hoodie on that's, like, multicolored. That's almost a direct replica of the jacket she ends up in at that point in the game. So, it's I, the the attention to detail has been so good. And that's why even when I think back to the last episode and how I was a little grumpy about certain things, like, it's so hard for me to judge even those little things any more than I do because – you know that they're doing this with such a level of detail and love for this game and the story that it's, you know, it's impressive because I guarantee somebody had to hand make that freaking jacket so that it was, <laughs> it was there. So, Oh, the other one that was referenced to game two is shimmer. You met the horse shimmer who was the full, the, the newborn horse or the very young horse. That is Ellie's horse in game two. So, you you meet that horse in game two as an adult horse, like a full grown mm. mare. So I thought that was a great little reference that you can use there. Gray, I love that they show actual wear and tear on their clothes. I agree. And the fact that, you know, in video games, you're just in the same clothes the whole time. Your suit's the same, no matter how much damage you go through. But that's one thing about this game is that they do have, you know, they show that the wear and tear and the clothes you're wearing getting tattered and worn out and they're doing the same in the show. So I like that too. And then, something as simple as a haircut that allows for that conversation about Sarah to happen is, was a clever way to do that. Um, because it allows it's, it's a real life situation, right? Like how long has it been since you've had your haircut? It's looking a little rough, you know, like you've been on the road for three months without any kind of personal care. And then that she takes a shower. So I love that too. 
how good would that shower feel? Oh, can you imagine? I go camping for a week and I come home and I'm like, how did I live without a shower for a week? Yeah, dude. I can't imagine what that would be like. I would not survive an apocalyptic event <laughs> because of the little things like that. That's what would get me. It's hard, hard to give that up. Yeah. Um, one thing that they pointed out that was different in the show that they don't really touch on. Like, so the fact that Maria had lost a child as well. And then, you know, that comparison that they made in the after episode of how um, Maria is handling her loss versus how Joel has handled his loss. Right. So it's a very different dynamic and, and how they're managing that grief. So I thought that was a good point out that, you know, and that's one of the best parts about the TV show to me is the amount of depth that you can go into about each character. Cause Maria's there in the game, but she's kind of there for to show the progress of Tommy from the first mm-hmm. time that we meet him. And then, you know, as like a fodder for why Tommy can't just come with Joel and take over and move forward. So it's a very different dynamic in that arena but i like the fact that they can go into depth and they can actually give some backstory and some real character to maria who plays a little bit more role in the second game early on but yeah i mean she obviously is a big part of tommy's life so yeah great it's funny how relieved i was to see electricity yeah Hmm. no kidding the lights hanging around and yeah and the recreation of jackson was really cool too um looked really good comparatively as far as the game goes uh circumstances too would they both came cope the same way if they were in opposite circumstances sure you know i think it's i mean this is a wild generalization and assumption from my part but i i think there is something to be said for you know the beginning of an apocalypse and that sort of an event and how sarah died versus we don't really know how Kevin, I guess Maria's child died. And the fact that she's in this place where she now has something to bury her grief into, like she talked about, like leading this group of people and, and helping out where Joel, he obviously based on the circumstances. Yeah. Like he turns into a raider basically and starts murking people left and right. So yeah. Great. Joel's seen the worst in people. Maria's seen people stepping up. So, yeah, very different circumstances. Good point. Can definitely drive how you react to certain things. So, Yeah, going back to the Jax, I mean, the, the, the set, again, was just so beautiful. It's funny to hear him talk at the end about, like, no stores turned us down for wanting to shoot it. And, I mean, if I was a store, it would just be cool to be like, wow, like, made it do a TV show. Like, this is so dope. And mm-hmm. um, I thought it looked, it looked so cool in the, the, the putting the – sheep in the middle of the town in the parking lot like you had no idea i was like oh, that's the parking lot right there like way to go people um yeah. like, again just practical effects uh, as they talked about so it just makes it easier to to act and be there and for it to be real and i, I just think as an actor it definitely takes a bit of load off your shoulders so you're not having to imagine what's there and i think another reason why the show has been great is it hasn't relied on heavy cgi it's just make great sets and give us good acting and i've really been impressed by that yeah for sure for sure for sure um yeah great the episode was the most gorgeous yet it's because you were in the mountains on that one Mm -hmm. i felt like casey kept laughing she's like did they film this in wyoming (laughs) like (laughs) 
I have no idea. Um, I think most of it has been filmed in Canada. So I don't know, but I'll tell you, like they were riding through Wyoming and I'm like, man, that sure looks a lot like home. Not going to lie. Um, so I was looking up and they do have like a lot of it is in Canada, like Waterton Lakes National Park, mm. uh, Calgary is the big, some of the big city stuff. Uh, Edmonton was where they did like the bridge uh, for Pittsburgh, or I guess, Kansas city. Um so yeah, there's a lot that are, and I'm assuming the national park piece is the one that we just watched. The because looking at it, Waterton Lakes National Park looks a lot like a Wyoming mountain range, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. So yeah, Greater Calgary for sure. Yeah, and it you know just pretty much straight northish of us. So yeah, it was it was very pretty. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's fun when you live in the mountains, you kind of forget that you live in the mountains. You're like, oh, I see this every day. It's cool hmm. looking, but I don't recognize it as something stunning. And then you see it in the it's show like, and you're like, oh, yeah, I do live somewhere. Out. It's pretty beautiful. Every, every day. <laughs> yep. Walk out there and see that stuff. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Great episode. Any final thoughts, Manson? No, I mean, next episode, I'm. I think I'm even more curious because I've never even played that part. Don't even know what mm. to expect. Obviously, I mean, Ellie's got plot armor. Spoiler: she's not going to die. She's going <laughs> to get bit, and it's going to be okay. But um, I, I think the last thing I want to say is Bella Ramsey. This episode, I really, mm. I thought she just delivered. I've always I've been a fan of Peter Pascal. Like, you don't have to convince me. I really like him and many of the things that he's played. But the jury was still a little bit out of Bella Ramsey for me. Uh, but this episode, I really think she's leaned into Ellie quite well, but she's always so growing on you. Like if you hadn't played the game or knew what she was really about, I really feel like this episode would have caused you as a viewer. That's why I wish Alec was here um, mm. to get his opinion, but I've, she's caused me to turn a corner on her presentation of Ellie. And I've really appreciated her. And that's why I'm excited for next episode. Cause I think they were smart in delivering this at a time where, cause I like to think a lot of the people that haven't played this game could look at Ellie as just being annoying. Like annoying is not the right word, but just like, blunt to the point of like you're just a stupid bratty kid like when you're when you're just gonna respect authority make it a little easier but i they picked the right time to make that flashback happen because this growth period for both of them feels a natural way to say well how did ellie really get to the way that she was and i'm excited to see that my only thing i'd add and you we haven't talked about this a little bit is i wish we would have gotten more backstory on the actual outbreak like i'm i am bummed mm-hmm. that i didn't see more of indonesia whatever the bombs are in the cities it seems like that's not gonna happen yeah i miss that i i wish there was that yeah i'm kind of with you on that like i i wish they had like dedicated a small piece of almost every episode to show a different form of the outbreak like they could even done based on location right so we're in kansas city what did the breakout look like or the, you know, what did this the whole thing look like in Kansas City? We know what it looked like in Texas because we saw that with the first episode. What did it look? We saw it in, you know, at its uh, origin point in episode two. So what does it look like, Kansas City? What does it look like in Wyoming? What does it look like? So I'm with you. I think that there was – that is one place where they might have missed, and I'm sure it came down to time and effectiveness, but – I'm with you. I want more. And that's what, so I read, I did read an article where they, 
I don't know if it's fully confirmed yet, but it seems like season two. And then based on some of the Easter eggs they put in this episode, that season two will be based off of game two. Um, so, yeah, it's like I, I'm, I'm interested to see. I want either a spinoff or something that shows me like what you're talking about, more of the, the ramp up to where we are. We have a 20 year gap where there's obviously a lot of shit that happened that we just don't get to see. And I'm interested to see that. And we've talked about this in past movies before where you create this really fantastic world and this, this place that I want to know more about, but I don't get to know. And that's cool in some cases, but this is one where I really want to know more about it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing I find myself missing. I'm, I'm bummed about that because having played the game, you especially Jay, like you, you just crave for more of that, that backstory. Oh yeah. Gray brings up a good point. Uh, she's a social fetus, which I love. Like she has no social skills. Um, and then I'm laughing at Layman moaning about her swearing and referencing the walking dead, uh, HBO versus AMC. Y'all. I mean, look, if you're a 14 year old, come on, you got a potty mouth, at least to a certain degree, right? <laughs> Hers is a little ramped up, but she grew up in the apocalypse, dude. Come on. She was also raised what they haven't shown. And I'm hoping they'll show a little bit more is she was technically raised in Fedra. Like she is an orphan. And then they show at least in the preview that she was as a child brought into Fedra and being trained in as Fedra. And that that's these schools, like their whole thing is to indoctrinate them and get them to be part of Fedra. So they're part of this group. So of course she's in a military Academy, whatever that looks like in, you know, these times. And so sure. She's going to have a, she's going to swear. So yeah, I'm with you on that one. Great. It's dumb that people are like, she swears, shut up. Just, and there's bigger things to worry about than a 14 year old dropping the F bomb. Like, yeah, I know. I just I played the game, so I'm just like, oh, that's Ellie. But yeah, for other yeah. people, like I could see like, oh, like I'm like, well, like, well, yeah, she's. Gray agreed with you too. Even more of that doctor that we saw in in episode two, she was great. Yeah, and then yeah, she's in a military school. I you know, more or less. I, yeah, it's funny. And I, after the I'm sorry. Look, everybody's gonna hate me for this, but The Walking Dead after like season four. So I'll leave it at that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that I have anything else. I, I think there was a lot of great backstory for our main characters and a lot of uh, future looking where we're going to end up. And then, you know, we're right into some really heated moments. If next episode is all about, you know, the the pre-story of Ellie, that'll be a great episode. If there's more, we're getting ready to go into probably one of the more intensive and growth pieces for Ellie. And I'll leave it at that. Like it's a, it's a piece for Ellie where she really kind of comes into her own and we get to see, you know, how being with Joel has affected her. Plus, you know, yeah, it's an interesting, I'm excited for the next, I I don't know how they're going to finish it. Now we're six episodes in according to the episode count. There's three left. There's a lot to cover still. Um, and then I was looking at IMDb today and it had, it says 10 episodes for the characters, for the actors. They're like in 10 episodes. Some, I don't hmm. know, but I keep hearing it's nine. So, uh, I hope, I hope this show is, she's flashing back, uh, 
to Riley. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I I I figured that's what you meant struggling, taking care of him in in his current situation. Yeah, I think it would be a good tie-in, Greg, because the she's watched Riley go through what Riley goes through, and now she's got to watch. She's in this position to be again like her biggest fear is to being on her own, in in a way. So I don't want to give too much away about Riley, but yeah, it'll be interesting. Okay, before we start giving stuff away, I think it's time to end the episode. Um, Max, and I know you don't have everything prepared like Alec usually does. Oh. That guy is a preparation machine, but I'm going to still turn the time over to you and let you tell everybody where they can find us, man. Going back into the day. I know I, this is uns, un, uncut and unscripted, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, Alex out. But, yes, thank you so much for listening to our sixth episode of The Last of Us. We're live every Monday at – uh, 5 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Mountain, F Central Time. Um, <laughs> thanks so much again for for tuning in. You can find us wherever good podcasts are found: Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. Watch us live on YouTube. Uh, we're also playing on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Mountain, um, catching up where we left off in the game. And so JJ's definitely got some some gameplay tomorrow. So if you want to chime in, do that. Uh, if you want to see more content than our shiny faces on YouTube or listening to us on our podcast, when you review TV shows and movies, check us out at Patreon at What's Our Verdict, uh, where you can help influence what we watch that month. You can uh, just tell us one uh, show to watch entirety and just other shenanigans and trailer reviews and things that we've got. So as always, we appreciate you all listening and I'll uh, transition this back to the Lord of Thunder himself, JJ. <laughs> That's right. And I'll make sure we got to give our, as part of the Patreon, like Matt's mentioned, we got to mention, we got to give a uh, twerking She-Hulk his due and say, thanks for being <laughs> a patron and, uh, you know, appreciate that. So there it is. And uh, for everybody that's tuned in, listen or listening after the fact, you know, we do appreciate you tuning in. Gray, uh, Fan Master, appreciate you guys tuning in weeks and weeks and of uh, showing up with us. And we appreciate that. So as always, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Wait. Cinematic out.